Hang on. Hang on. Halt. Welcome to This Might Be a Podcast. Before we get started, we've got a voicemail from Chris Connaughton uh, with some more thoughts about Santa's beard. Hey, Greg. It's Chris Connaughton dropping in with some thoughts on the Santa's beard episode. Uh, Number one, I always took the idea of she's been humming cheating songs to mean that she's just humming Christmas songs because to our narrator, basically any Christmas song is a cheating song in his mind. And secondly, a couple of cheating songs examples. Uh, Canadian power pop band Sloan has a great song called The Other Man. Usually they're effervescent Beatlesque power pop, but this one is moody and wonderful about a guy who has made his decision that he's going after uh, the girl and doesn't care that he's going to be the other man in the situation. And the other one is Helena by Nickel Creek which is very dramatic for uh, usually a calm bluegrass band. But this one starts with uh, the man pleading with the woman that he's cheated with when she discovers that he has another significant other and uh, eventually winds its way to him basically saying, I can get any girl I want and everyone's going to be fine. Forget it. So a couple good examples there for you and a couple more thoughts. Thank you. Loving the show as always. Thanks for calling in, Chris. Uh, yeah, I had never thought about the uh, cheating songs that way. Um, and as for your examples of true cheating songs, um, I never heard either of those. I was especially fond of the uh, the Sloan one. I had heard some of their other stuff, but not that one. I'm a sucker for uh, those jangly guitars. Yeah, so anyone could call in at 224-801-2930 or write at thismightbeapod at gmail. And now on with the show. Welcome to This Might Be A Podcast, the song-by-song podcast about the greatest band of all time. They might be giants. I'm your host, Greg Simpson, and I'm here with first-time guest Michael King to talk about the song To a Forest off of Phone Power. Here we go.
Michael. Hey. Yes. Hey. What up? How are you? I'm doing well. So, uh, I only know you through Twitter, and Twitter is not as easy for like you know pre-show stalking research to find out oh, yeah. about you know a person. Uh, <laughs> so all I know is um, you're in Denver, right? That's correct. Yeah. And I know that you're in like a handful of bands. It's about all I, I really know. am. Yeah. Uh, yeah, more than I intended to be. Um, but yeah, uh, <laughs> I think it's it's at like six right now. Six. Uh, it's depending on how you count it. Like uh, only one or two are are active at any given point. So uh-huh. yeah, uh, sure. But pretty much my entire adult life, I've played in bands. So everyone I know is people through the music scene. So that's just kind of like what we do to socialize. Yeah, I hear that. I hear that. And uh, do you play the same thing in every band, or are you you a multi-instrumentalist like myself? I play drums in one band that I learned to play drums for. Okay. Uh, normal. Normally, I'm a bass player. Okay. That's, that's my primary gig. Gotcha. Cool, cool. Um, and, yeah, we can talk about this more in the plug section, but what's, like, your most, uh, like, busy band, the most active uh, these days, it's the band I play drums in called Zealot. Um, there are a lot of bands called Zealot, but we're uh, Zealot Co. I think is is our username on on most of the things. Um, yes, it looks like that would be it. Yeah, and that band was started by uh, a guy I used to play in other bands with, where he was the drummer. Uh, and I played bass, and he decided he wanted to learn to sing and play guitar. And I told him if he did that, I would learn to play the drums for him. And uh, here we are. <laughs> Let's all play something we're less familiar with. Yeah. And, it, and- <laughs> it was actually a really uh, fun experiment. Uh, it helped you know, for for older people in the music scene who've been playing in bands for you know, 10, 15 years each. Uh, it helped make it feel new again, you know, sure. new and exciting. Mm-hmm. Now, when you say older people in the music biz, how <laughs> you're not as old as I am, are you? Uh, I just turned 39. Oh, so. okay. So you're not far behind me. Yeah. Yeah. And it appears that the, this guy you're talking about from Zealot uh, has horns, is what it appears <laughs> in the promo photo here. Yeah. Our, uh, <laughs> our branding is very, like, culty, uh, occult sort of stuff yeah it's just you're all you're wearing all whites <laughs> you've all got flowers draped all over you yeah very midsummer yeah no it's a uh it's it's attention grabbing it's a good picture yeah thank you yeah do you wear that stuff when you perform uh we have worn it um that was kind of our 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 look for our first album and we've been working on our second album for a few years now and we're trying to do i think a little more like black and gold and then trying to make things, I don't know, trying to lean into the demonic side (laughs) a little bit. Like we're not taking it seriously. Like we're kind of, uh, uh, trying to enjoy how silly it is to be, uh, demonic like (laughs) the album is about like an angel uh, or uh, yeah it's an angel who decides 
they want to kill God or something like that. Mm. Uh, <laughs> based on like Terry Pratchett novels. Okay, I was gonna. I was. Um, I was thinking of Dogma. <laughs> <laughs> kind of same. Same sort of like satirical take on on uh, the divine and the damned. <laughs> okay. 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 Well, now I now I need to know what this band sounds like. So let's let's play a little clip right off the jump. What's something? Uh, what would be a good representation of uh, oh, uh, for the people? Uh, it's a tough call because the first album came out like years and years ago when we were all still very new in our instruments. Mm-hmm. Um, but the second one, we're still working on mixes and stuff, so like nothing's quite there yet. Uh, we did put out one newer song from the newer album batch called the seeing place okay yeah i'm seeing it here which uh yeah you should be able to find i'm looking at it right now should i drop a little bit of this one in sure okay yeah i'll put it in in post i just want to put a little in my ear right now sure you, know, you have fuzzed out in your uh description and that'll always get me <laughs> yeah The secret to uh, if you're not if you're new at an instrument, just put a distortion pedal on it, and it sounds cooler and it's more fun to play. <laughs> oh yeah, it's hard to hide as a drummer though. The drums always stick out. Oh yeah, that was like the biggest hurdle for me. <laughs> and uh, especially as, as a bass player, uh-huh. uh, you can mess up all you want; no one notices. <laughs> uh, if the drummer messes up, everybody notices. Everybody notices. Uh, and, uh, yeah, as a new drummer, do you, do you guys record to a, uh, click track? Uh, yeah, we try to, I think I, I waver, uh, <laughs> substantially, that's, but yeah, that's a tough thing. That's a, that's like a whole other thing like to learn. Yeah. Yeah. It, th- it threw me really hard. The very first time I tried recording to a click, uh, and, uh, my friend who's a drummer who was trying to coach me through it explained it. It's tough because if you hear the click, you're off. Like if you're on, you're not going to notice the click. Yeah. I guess it depends how loud you have it blasting in your ears. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, Steve, the drummer for, uh, outdoor velour, he is, um, seems just a pinch older than me, but he's been playing in bands for forever too. And, you know, a punk rock guy through and through, and he's, like, just, like, a 
proposed to click tracks just like outright. So the way I've <laughs> tricked him into doing it is just like I'll record like scratch guitars to a click. There and you make go. him record the, the drums along with yeah. that. I'll be like, oh, that's the secret. That. Stick with that. You're on tempo. <laughs> He's a great drummer. And it's, it's never a problem like that. He just doesn't <laughs> like it. Just something in his head. Is just no. Yeah. Yeah, I get it. It, it. You can have a visceral reaction to it. <laughs> and I remember even back in the day, I would take like just like one of the little metronomes. Like when you actually had to buy Metro and not just get like a free app on your phone or whatever right. and like use the eighth inch jack, just like plug it into the PA system. And like for a month before my Oof. bands would go into record, just like, kah, 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 kah. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, that takes me back in there. <laughs> and so you play in many a band, but what do you do, do like uh, in your, your daylight hours? Day to day, I am a baker at a coffee shop. So I get up early and I go to the coffee shop and I make breads and scones and cookies and stuff that smells good. And croissants? Uh, uh, Not so much croissants. Oh, okay. (laughs) Those are those are pretty involved. Yeah. Um, I uh, I love croissants. I would love to make them, but uh, as far as like making the most of my time there, it's easier to just crank out some quick breads and muffins, that kind of thing. Sure. Yeah, we got a place right down the hill from us that makes a mean almond croissant. Shout out mm. to shout out to Smitty Bread. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, so what we what the folks really want to know is how you got into They Might Be Giants, though. Let, let's get uh, to some TMBG talk. Like pretty much everyone our age mm-hmm. uh tiny mm-hmm. tunes was a part of it uh-huh. um but i think um and this is just kind of like me reasoning now thinking back how i i had thought of them at the time i think like for my entire childhood i was under the impression that they might be giants exclusively created music for tv shows <laughs> Uh-huh. Yeah. For like theme songs and, and stuff like that. Uh and it wasn't until uh I had a job at uh, a movie theater and, and my coworkers all one of my one of my coworkers, it was his favorite band. And I had not considered that they were just a band that people listened to before. <laughs> uh-huh. So uh he was the one that actually got me into to them as like popular music. <laughs> Yeah, and not okay. just the band that made the theme song to the TV show. And what year abouts are we uh, are we talking here? That would have been early two thousands. Okay. Um. So it was like it was like yeah, Mink, Mink Car the new album at the time. Yes. Right? Yeah, I listened to that album a lot. Uh, and we had gone to we went to see them in two thousand five. They played uh, in Boulder, which is you know, half hour or so away from Denver. Yeah. Uh, so we made the trip up and they, they were doing like two nights. And, uh, one of my coworkers, my, uh, she was a bit older than me. She had kids and she wanted to bring her kids to the show. And the shows were 21 and up. And she had called the venue to make sure. And, uh, the venue said, uh, they're not performing their kids' songs. And she said, uh, this is, they might be giants. All their songs are kids' songs. 
If your kids are really depressed. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, if you don't uh, comprehend all of the depth of the lyrics, it's really all good. You know, there's no outright cursing. Really. You know, not much. Yeah, and and just like sonically, it's fun to listen to. Mm -hmm. Like the melodies are great and the songs are bouncy and fun. Truth. Yeah. Yeah, Boulder, man. My one experience with Boulder, I did make it out to Boulder on a tour, and I remember, so this was with my band Blue Bottle. We were seven-piece. We had a trumpet, two trombones, and we get to the place, and it's like kind of like coffee shop-style stage was just like this oh. little thing in the corner. <laughs> just a little platform. <laughs> yeah, it basically, that was just like the drum riser, and everyone else was in front of it, and I remember our trombone is just like walking over the tops of the booths just like walking from booth (laughs) to booth while playing (laughs) that's fantastic (laughs) yeah i played denver once too was that at a skate park i don't know so many interesting places you play when you're in (laughs) you know low level rock bands oh yeah but but, you know real as a band that had horns in it we're like we gotta go west you know we were in chicago (laughs) we gotta go west man drives so long every day driving so much easier to go east but oh yeah no there's everything is so spread out here we went west three times for some reason (laughs) yeah do you do much touring with any of your bands have you gone out on the road uh there was one of my old bands called the outfit we we tried to make a go of it we did a couple tours uh out west and then up to the midwest like we we booked around doing like a day trotter session. Oh, cool. So we came up to the quad cities area. Yeah. 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 My, uh, old college stomping grounds. Are they still, yeah, it's a, is day trotter still going? I haven't heard anything about them in a while. Yeah. I haven't kept up with them at all. Yeah. But hmm. it was like the thing to do for a while. Yeah. Huh. I don't know. All I'm seeing on Wikipedia is that they moved to Atlanta in 2019, but... Uh, oh, weird. Huh. Very weird. Yeah. I was never able to make one of those sessions happen, but I didn't really know the guy. And I think it, it started after I graduated, so I was already out of the area. Anywho, um, <laughs> so have you seen them uh, anymore since that uh, uh, I saw them again in 2007. Uh, and then I had tickets to the uh, 2020 show, which I still have tickets to. Mm-hmm. Uh, coming up in May, fingers crossed. <laughs> For real. It's got to happen. It's got to. Yeah, I'm seeing them in less than two weeks. Nice. Finally. Yes. And uh, so you were already in college when you were really starting to get to be a fan of them, right? Would that be? Uh, right? Yeah, it was college age. Yeah. 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 And uh, have you stayed true to them throughout since then? <laughs> uh, it's it's funny because I haven't like I always like them, <laughs> but I don't like follow them. Uh, it's just every once in a while I'll hear about a new thing, or they'll they'll I'll get an email that actually shows up in my inbox. Um, yeah, their stuff has found- a tendency to go to like. The promotions tab or whatever yeah. else, yeah. And that's how I got phone power is I got the email about that. Uh, yeah. And then I 
then I started keeping a little closer tabs on them because I had missed a whole bunch. Right. Yeah. By the time phone <laughs> power actually came out, it's like, holy crap, there's a, they put out three albums that year. Yeah. Um, yeah. That was wild. So I got phone yeah. power and murdered remains and, uh, I think there was like a, a, a more murdered remains or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then I remember getting the John Henry demos whenever those were released. That was also, yeah. Uh, the, the murdered remains and uh, the demos came out on the same day, I think. Okay. Yeah. If I'm remembering correctly. Yeah. And uh, foam power. What are your thoughts on foam power as a whole? Cause to me, this one always kind of seemed like the, like, leftovers of like the 2015 dial a song stuff. But, but then there's those people that are really just like strong proponents of foam power and just like <laughs> will fight to the death about it. What are your thoughts it's, on foam power? There's cool stuff on it. And I, I get, I understand your feeling about it completely. Cause it, it, it kind of is how it felt to me when I first listened to it. Um, but going back through it, when uh, when you invited me to do an episode, I was kind of like listening to hear like, oh, I want to do a song that I don't know very well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I went back through that one and My Murdered Remains. And there are some really good songs on them. Yeah. Uh, they're, uh, I don't know. I would say they're kind of the middle children of of their songs. Yeah. <laughs> they they kind of go under the radar. Uh-huh. But uh there's there's good stuff if you want to dig into it. Yeah, it's it's the kind of album that never got like like obs- like an obsessive listening phase for me. And and I think when it first came out, yeah, I wasn't like as obsessively like online in the TMG community yet in 2015. And I was like Oh, it is. It's like a B side thing. I'll get it later or whatever. And you know, and then I got it, and I'm like, it just never had that like, oh, fresh new album. I'm gonna listen to it like every day for a month now. And but as I've had people coming on to do episodes, like, it, oh man, that is a good one. Oh, that's a good one too. I remember like, I I got obsessed with uh, it said something after I did that episode with Victor Fitzsimmons who uh animated the video and it's just such a good song i completely missed all the videos too i didn't realize how many videos they had put out yeah that was when they relaunched the dial a song they yeah. call it dial a song <laughs> yeah dial a video youtube, YouTube <laughs> a song i don't know how you'd rebrand it but but yeah every week putting out something i remember victor said he had like two weeks to do that animation because <laughs> flans is just like yep gotta put another song out hey can you do it in two weeks like uh <laughs> for you flans sure <laughs> yeah and then like also like covering songs like sold my mind to the kremlin me and my friend Avery did a cover of that and that one oh yeah getting into all the lyrics for that one <laughs> made me appreciate it more but yeah, it's one that's still like it, only a handful of times have I just like put on and listened all the way through. It's uh, you know, really I should stop, you know, rejecting phone power and and really you know, <laughs> give it its due. It is a good uh, shuffle album, and that's I think how I've heard most of it is just having it on shuffle with the rest of my music on my iPod. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Like and, uh, this song to a forest that I 
initially i thought it was in apples and stereo sound when it first came on oh yeah uh, i could see and that. that's that's kind of what what led me to pick it for the episode <laughs> apples and stereo repping uh colorado there yeah yeah man is that band still going uh they are not still going uh the the guy became like a math professor oh yeah <laughs> Uh, Rob, uh, Robert Schneider. Uh, yeah, yeah, Robert Schneider. Yeah. Wow, that's cool. Yeah. Also, uh, renowned as uh, I think he recorded the first Neutral Milk Hotel album. He did Avery Island. I'm not sure if he did Airplane Over the Sea, but yeah, part of that uh, Elephant yeah, Six they, Collective. Uh, they recorded it here in Denver. Um, at yeah. the, like just a basement. It was like their home studio. Yeah. Uh, there's a there's a whole Elephant Six documentary that is kind of making the rounds in film festivals right now. It'll probably like be mm-hmm. available to the public pretty soon. But I it's hope really so. good. I got to see it at the Denver Film Festival. Oh man, do they have uh, Jeff Mangan talking on there at all? <laughs> no, of course. I not. think he yeah. <laughs> Very intentionally did not make an appearance. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, well, yeah. He seems like an interesting character. (laughs) Man, I got to see them when they did their brief reunion tour. Oh, yeah, I missed that. That was something. Um, (laughs) Yeah, Apples and Stereo for this song. That that never occurred to me, but that totally totally makes sense for this song. Just kind of like... Mid mid tempo jangly upbeat, yeah, sing song yeah. melody, yeah, yeah. So when you so you you were listening through foam power and this one uh, stuck out to you, um, for, or or did it come up on shuffle or something? Is that how how did you end up deciding on this one? Uh, it it I thought it was apples and stereo when it came up on shuffle. Mm-hmm. Um. And then I realized it was, they might be giants. And, and when I listened to the album, it stood out because, oh, this was that song that I, yeah. <laughs> that I liked because I thought it was someone else. Um, when you downloaded it on yeah, Napster, it was accidentally listed as Apple. Yeah, it was mislabeled. It was Nirvana. <laughs> smells like. <laughs> um, yeah. And it, it gets a prime slot at track three on uh, Foam Power. Uh, even though, as far as dial a song, it didn't come out until let's see, October nineteenth of twenty fifteen. But it, it it gets that uh, primo spot track three on Phone yeah. Power. Yeah. I can see though it's kind of an autumn song. Yeah. <laughs> mhm. Yeah, because it, it's it's melodic. It's it's poppy, but it's not like in your face about it. There's there's like a sense of melancholy in it. Yeah. Even the little, uh, I know we'll get to the lyrics, but the lyrics are kind of oblique. (laughs) Yeah. A little bit. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And it's, I mean, it's, it's right in that, that sweet spot with the catchy melody you described as a sing song kind of melody. Yeah. And then the, uh, the darkness underneath. Right. It's uh, oh, all their songs are kids' songs. Well, just <laughs> don't look too hard at it. Yeah. 
the uh, the wiki doesn't have a credits tab uh, for this one, but it seems to me that everyone's in on the thing. I mean, at least musically. I mean, it is pretty acoustic guitar, bass, drums driven. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess there's a chance that Flans is just singing and not playing guitar. All the guitar could be Miller, but it's hard to say. Uh, Flans seems to like to kind of sit back sometimes and just let. Dan do all the guitar trickery. <laughs> and then there's a, well, there's a harmonica on there, which is a fairly rare instrument for They Might Be Giants. And I don't know who would have been playing that. Maybe Flans huh. is playing the harmonica. Yeah. I actually thought it was just some sort of little keyboard before I, I listened to it on headphones and the, just, you know, the breathiness of it when that first, uh, or it's like halfway through the first verse or something it comes in. And then I was like, is Linnell even on this track? But then at some point, like the second chorus, uh, it's kind of little organy keyboard comes in, maybe kind of mixed with the harmonica. It's kind of hard to tell. Yeah, stuff kind of all uh, blends together in the mix in this song. Like, uh, it just, it, for me, it gels in a way that I listen to the whole of it rather than focus on specific parts, mm-hmm. um, which I guess is probably the idea with the music mix. But a lot of like as a musician, especially, I'll, I'll try to pick out specific parts when I hear songs in general. Uh, but this song, I, I like to just listen to the whole of it. Yeah, it's a pretty uh, mellow vibe musically and it does all just kind of yeah mesh together really well until that guitar solo is just like comes out of nowhere kicks you in the face yeah see this uh quote from uh flans and he answered on the tumblr yeah i thought it was cool because i had that pedal uh, oh which one of those <laughs> the the maleco uh he calls it the barker it's uh the uh ass master is the the <laughs> is it the the b colon ass master yeah that one okay yeah because i was trying to i was googling that and i was like oh i don't I'm not finding that exactly um yeah, well, tell us about that pedal. It's a, uh, I mean, it's an in-your-face fuzz uh, pedal. Mine was germanium, uh, the mm. diodes that make this specific kind of distortion sound. Uh, I think the regular versions are are not germanium, but there's something that mm. gives it that weird, uh, I don't know how to describe it, uh, like grindy metallic kind of yeah. tone to it yeah it's a 250 dollar pedal yeah i was i was seriously into pedals for a while <laughs> yeah oh, i hear that yeah like, like it's a it's got a switch that says ass and then a dial that says ass volume <laughs> <laughs> and then it's got harm which i don't know harmonics maybe and the bass yeah. bass volume so this is supposed to be used, or is it meant to be used on a bass? That's why you you had it. Um, but I used master. it for bass. I, I'm sure 
it's you know yeah a universal pedal you throw it on anything it'll sound sound like an ass master <laughs> <laughs> yeah so yeah the 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 full uh quote here and this is a question asked by uh Jordan Cooper, who a lot of fans and the, the more online communities may know, he said, uh, that guitar solo into a forest, how did you achieve that sound? It kind of sounds like there's a super dirty distorted track in the right ear and maybe a cleaner one in the left ear. And Flan said it was recorded direct into the board. I know that. I think it's the Electroharmonics Micro Synth into a Maleco Barker Fuzz or Zvex Fuzzolo. And then it was double-tracked and mixed hard left and right in stereo with some slight differences included. I bet there are actually two different things creating octave lower pitches in the chain before it hits the fuzz, which is what is generating the sputtering ugliness. When I do things like this, I'll often line up a couple of different boxes that do similar things in a chain and A-B them as I work on the sound. And one will inevitably win just because it fits the bill better. So people who don't know pedals probably tuned out about like halfway <laughs> through the second sentence I had there. Um, <laughs> yeah, talking about putting things in a in a chain and all the <laughs> just all the the, the pedal talk. Um, yeah, the electroharmonics micro synth. I was looking up that one found it on on Sweetwater yeah and it's made to emulate kind of 70s and 80s synths just from your guitar and it's got like presets it's got presets but then you can also like when you dial something in it looks like there is uh you can save up to like 11 presets that you come up with on there so pretty complicated little little pedal What, what is this one on here how much does this one cost? One fifty. No, it's about average for yeah, for electroharmonics. The fancy pedals. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Sounds pretty fun. And then, yeah, I guess he wasn't sure if it was that Maleco or this Fuzzolo. And the the Fuzzolo, um, Zvex, um, their most famous pedal is probably the Fuzz Factory. But this this one. Man, I played a sample of this, and it it really gives that sound too. That does it. That kind of like where it's compressing your signal to the point where it's kind of like trying to destroy the signal. It's just oh like, yeah, it's like <laughs> crunching it so so badly. Yeah, I've got one pedal that uh, is kind of of that ilk. I don't know if you know. Uh, let's see. Here's my pedal board. Hey, uh, look at that. Death by audio. This is yeah. the only pedal that gets up. That's, that was a two fifty pedal, and that's, Oh yeah, no, those guys go go hard. Yeah, the uh, supersonic fuzz gun, and it's got like basically the regular distortion setting, and then uh, an oscillator, which really just makes it go berserk. I mean, it's the kind of pedal where it's like you're planning to go a little bit out of control. <laughs> you know? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and even like the regular distortion, yeah, like you get the right settings on there and the guitar will basically play itself. <laughs> it's like there's just like so much gain or like you'll be playing and then when you stop and all of a sudden it'll like scream out, like you'll stop playing and it'll go, Rawr! like just make like these crazy sounds. <laughs> yeah, my my old band, a post-punk band, that was like, that was our whole deal. It was just making loud noise and, and getting as crazy as we could. Nice. Nice. And that uh, 
that will make you buy all of the pedals playing in a <laughs> band like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm pretty frugal with most of my stuff. I mean, my pedal board definitely costs as much as like my amp cabinet and guitar combined. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I mean, like, doesn't matter what kind of guitar you're playing when you're putting it through something like that. Right. <laughs> like, oh, you can really hear those double coil pickups, blah, blah, blah. Like, no, it's just. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, for people out there that aren't uh, super pedal nerds, I, I, I insist that you at the very least listen to the song with headphones on uh, and, and hear that panning that they're talking about. So it's two different takes, one in each ear. And there's just a slight differences with the fuzz and with the performance. And it sounds so cool. It's uh, one of those rare times where like they might be giants use a crazy guitar technique. Like I tend to go to, cause it's kind of weird that they might be giants for my favorite being my favorite band production wise. Like the stuff I do is really pretty far away from their like typical sound like they don't do they don't do a whole lot of reverb they don't do a whole lot of distortion you know whereas i'm pulling like guitar tones from all these like you know british shoegaze bands and stuff like that (laughs) like they're not like in that realm at all so when this guitar solo came out i'm just like oh hell yeah (laughs) (laughs) And I don't know if you've if you've ever done that, going from a pedal direct into the board to record like that, like without an amp. Yeah, that's I never tried that. That struck me as as an interesting choice. It is cool. It's something that I picked up from. Uh, I first heard about doing that from uh, the Ravenettes. Have you ever heard the Ravenettes? Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, also uh, super noisy. But yeah, I remember they put out one of their albums. They put out like a a Spotify thing where there was like introduced every track. And he's like, he's like, yeah, people think we have all these different kinds of amps, but in the studio we never use amps. I'm like, what? <laughs> like that's crazy. Wow. And yeah, and so I was screwing around with it. And if you want a ugly tone, like you're not going for the warm tube amp tone you know you you want it just like cut through and be piercing like that's the way to do it man from just like direct yeah straight into the veins mm-hmm. high gain fuzz pedal right into <laughs> the shit yeah I, I i would i would recommend it maybe uh you know zealot should give it you should tell your dude to give it a try that uh, is a, song. a good idea yeah if you really want something taking to stick that into out. the studio next time we go in yeah totally should <laughs> So let's get to those lyrics then. The, I, yeah, I don't know what what what's your uh, what were your initial thoughts on this song? Because I wasn't sure where to start with this thing. It's yeah, it's a tough one to to parse because uh, the verses. Um, I mean, initially, just have that sort of uh, I don't know the right word the, the like wistful kind of like depressed uh, meandering like. Um, I don't know how to explain it. Just feeling kind of like lo- aimless, I guess. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Never uh, figured out the part that comes next. Yeah. Yeah. Everything's feeling. out of my grasp. I'm out of my depth. Yeah. Um, 
and then those choruses come in <laughs> and uh it becomes uh like wait what are you up to what are you talking about <laughs> <laughs> something punched my mind in the face is such a they might be giants line yeah like- <laughs> i love it <laughs> So, yeah, tracked me down under my pillowcase. So are we talking about, like, you know, nightmares here? It, it, maybe. I, I read that in the interpretations. One person had a, a a reading of it where they were talking about lucid dreaming and nightmares. Yeah. Uh, and I could see that. I could, that makes sense. Uh, I think I heard the lyric initially has trapped me down under my pillowcase. Like someone threw a pillowcase over you. Mm. <laughs> um, yeah. That'd be something and, like else. dragged you out to the forest or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Tracked me down under my <laughs> pillowcase. Now we're alone in this freaky place. Our consciousness has been. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> so yeah, this guy in his, in his waking hours, he's uh, feeling like a total failure. And then, you know, can't even escape into sleep. It's just <laughs> more, more shittiness. Yeah. <laughs> and I thought maybe like there's that line, uh, uh, what comes next, the change or arrest, um, that makes me think like, Oh, is this kind of about trying to write a song, mm. uh, trying to write music and just feeling lost <laughs> And trying to take a rest, and then it, you can't get away from it. Hmm. Hmm. Well, that's a good guess. Yeah. That's what I don't know there. if you've had that <laughs> yeah. experience when you're like working on music with a band, trying to figure out how a song should go, mm-hmm. uh, and you leave practice or whatever, and the song is just going in your head over and over and over again. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I know it's it's funny songwriting is like that where it's like sometimes it's just like it seems like it's either one extreme or the other like the song either just like spills out and be like oh that just yeah. kind of happened or it's like you're just banging your head against the wall you're like I cannot figure out the part that comes next exactly <laughs> right hmm yeah yeah, God, it's just such uh, these verses. Yeah, just like the despair in them. You know, I was looking at the uh, comments on the YouTube uh, video, the upload for this song, and someone <laughs> four years ago said, "I am such a lost, complete failure in life. I take great comfort in this song." <laughs> like, oh man. Oh uh, yeah, uh, that makes sense to me. I like, I like that. And then, yeah, someone else is like, I hope you're doing at least a little better by now, bud, like like a few years later. Like, yeah. Man, that, that, <laughs> that comment hits hard. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Yeah, the, the video is kind of fun. It's kind of random, though, like the song. You get it, a lot yeah. Of, yeah. It is. It's definitely more of a, like... I don't know, a situation where, like, the... The words of the lyrics are not like the the important part. It's just like the feeling you get from hearing those words. Mm-hmm. If that makes any sense, like it's yeah. not a direct meaning. It's a it's a. Uh, you ever read Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy? No, I haven't. Series? Actually, okay. Yeah, I'm a, aware of it. Yeah, there's a part in one of the books 
where they describe a cloaking mechanism and like you'll only be able to see the thing if you're trying not to see it like, okay you can only see it kind of out of the corner of your eye if you're trying to focus on something else because the nature of the cloaking is uh it makes you uh just perceive it as something that's not your problem hmm. okay <laughs> <laughs> so it just essentially doesn't exist to you unless you're like trying to focus on something else and you see it out of the corner of your eye yeah uh-huh. yeah the video is just very moody we got a lot of uh you know the iconic William Allen White's face naturally but then like during the i think it's during the solo during the solo all of a sudden we go from like a f- forest imagery to like guys in gas gas mask throwing <laughs> throwing tires on a fire and there's like a yeah. burn, burning bus and stuff gets real intense real quick when those when the guitar solo kicks in yeah so <laughs> There's always like a uh, some kind of plot twist in a Big yeah. Giant song. I mean, that guitar solo is like a bit of a plot twist because you're kind of coming along with this kind of jangly, soft rock kind of feel, and then all of a sudden you just. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, it the music shift and the uh, the visual shift there are really they they they, they kind of go hand in hand there. Yeah. <laughs> And I, I like it a lot. I think it's it's a, it's such a strong, like effective thing that they did, where it uh, it makes you second guess like the premise of the song. <laughs> yeah. Who did the video here? I'm trying to credit whoever the director was. Uh, woof. Uh, where is it? Why did, why would it not be credited on YouTube there? Hmm. Not sure who directed it, but yeah, a lot of, like a lot of these, uh, dial song ones where they're having to crank something out every week, like some of the videos, some of them seem more phoned in than others. Like it might have just like found footage or whatever, kind of sort of synced up to the song, stuff like yeah, that. Yeah. But this one, I mean... I want to know if that whole <laughs> burning bus and all those, like, was, did they actually, did someone actually film that for this video or was that something they found? I mean, cause that's pretty intense scene there. Yeah. Like where did that come from? Yeah. Yeah. And then after the guitar, so it just goes right back. It's got like an es- <laughs> escalator and more of William Allen White. But yeah, I think, yeah, something you said about just like the general, like feel the tone of the whole lyrics and really even say like the tone of the music all like taking it in just like as one thing just kind of um just gives you this general like feel of melancholy and just kind of uh wishing things could be better even if you're not sure exactly yeah. what he's saying with the lyrics there it's just kind of like you know this guy uh he's just he's trying to figure his shit out yeah it's it's listless yeah that's that's a good way to describe it for sure. Yeah. And then maybe, I don't know, some X-Files stuff going on at the end of the song. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, knock us out and drag us to forest. It gets a little, a little bit more serious there. Yeah. 
forces out to destroy us. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe was, maybe we got a little conspiracy theory type yeah. person here. The last chorus is strange because it kind of breaks the format. Like stuff stops rhyming and mm. yeah, it it is I definitely mean, more urgent than the rest of the song. Right, unless you think destroy us and forest rhyme, but they don't really. <laughs> uh, yeah, just look at the the chord progression for this song. I was just listening to it, it it feels to me like it's a pretty simple progression but really there's a lot of chords in this song yeah i it was uh just today like i paid more attention to the bass line and the bass is kind of walking around all over the place it's great oh yeah mr weinkoff dunes thing yeah it's in the key of b flat which is not uh my favorite of guitar keys <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's like also, a, a yeah. horn key signature it's, in it. Yeah, a good uh, band geek key for sure. Not usually a key you'd find harmonicas in either, unless you're one of those guys like the Blue Traveler <laughs> guy that has like a whole strap of harmonicas <laughs> in different keys. <laughs> I got one for every occasion. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's it's the kind of song where it's like it uh, just kind of washes over you, and you might not notice it as much uh, initially, but like the more you look into it, the more complexities you're finding out, both musically and lyrically. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's it's still a song where like I wish it was maybe. I feel like it could be a little bit more up tempo. To me, it's just like. Th- this is in like that spot where it's like my least favorite tempo range, where it's like. It's not slow enough to really feel like intentional or, uh, you know, to really drive home a certain feeling. And it's not like peppy enough to be much of a toe tapper. It's right. Like, yeah, I'm not crazy about yeah. the, the, the tempo. It's a very, very passive and, tempo. Yeah. Yeah. But I guess, I mean, that kind of fits the kind of listless meandering kind of feel, uh, you know, to go right along with everything else. I suppose you could look at it that way. <laughs> hmm. So they've never played this song live. I mean, out of, I mean, I might have to click through like a million wiki tabs to see, but a lot of these modern dial-a-song tracks, like probably like half of them never get played live. That's so wild to me. Yeah. (laughs) I know, because like us, like we've been in bands like forever. When you write a new song, you're like, gotta play it at the next show. We gotta show people this song. You know, but man, just record it and be like, nope, never again. Yeah, it's wild. Like, no matter how many bands I play, and I will never have as many songs as they might be giant. Mm-mm, no, Mm-mm, never. Yeah, and I mean, these guys are in their but, 60s now, and just like, they're not going to yeah. stop. <laughs> I mean, I guess, I mean, that's, that's music as a job. You know, if you're releasing a song every week, you're coming in and working on it like it's a job you know mm-hmm. yeah yeah but yeah it just makes me feel like yeah music is a job like for most artists they'd be like okay i put on an album every two three maybe four years tour on that album and then do it again like they're putting <laughs> this on themselves they're like we're gonna put out oh, yeah. every week they're like you know nobody's making you do that i mean we're happy 
for it to get all those songs but like that's like not normal that's not like a normal band thing to do and then i guess 2015 didn't kill them enough they decided to do it again in 2018 (laughs) i mean that's just like in the span of three years they cranked out over a hundred songs it's incredible it's bonkers (laughs) wild stuff wild yeah so yeah, no no live recordings of this one. And I was thinking we, I'm like, there's no way we're going to have any covers. And then little did I know, a guy, Gerwin Kramer, <laughs> who's a part of my covers crew, he, uh, he tends to like, if I, I think, I think, well, I'm just, I haven't asked him, but I, I think just like if a new song comes out and really just kind of like tickles his fancy, he'll just like learn it immediately and then like record it. And then so like what we get here is just like a little kind of half uh, song cover of it. Okay. I was wondering and, why it was just a little section of it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm thinking he's just like, okay, here's the, the chord progression. Okay. Just like whip out this little bit. Like there's a little lyrical goof, but it's just like, you can tell just like the excitement in the song. He's like, oh man, this one like, and I couldn't, I couldn't find the date on it. Like YouTube shorts, like the way those are, I don't know. Uh-huh. Like, uh, I'm not sure when it came out exactly because it doesn't have like a date below it like a normal YouTube video would. So I don't know. But, oh, I haven't even played it yet. I will drop the audio in for <laughs> that here. Were YouTube Shorts already a thing in twenty fifteen? I, uh, I this is the first I've heard of them. I have no idea what it is. Because it seems like one of those things that I've noticed more like them. They're trying to keep up with TikTok or whatever. You know, it's like uh, vertically aligned videos, huh. and you can you know if you click on one, you can just do like an endless scroll of it. It'll keep popping up with stuff it thinks you're gonna like. That kind mm, of thing. Okay. Which makes me think that maybe this, maybe he didn't record in 2015, but, um, but I just like the, the feel of his cover. Cause you can just tell like, oh, he like really likes this song and just wanted to like, just like get it recorded. Yeah. Right? And I like it. The, the, it's, it works on keyboard really well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For a song that doesn't feature keyboard, uh, very much, it, uh, translates really well. Still have yet to get uh, Gurman on the show. He is in ah, what country is it? He's in Europe, and the time change does make things tough. But uh, I got yeah. to get him on here. Um, yeah, cool guy. I've collaborated with him a little bit on music. Yeah. So yeah, his YouTube channel is called Join Us. But yeah, his name's Gurman Kramer. Okay. Um, so that was that was the only cover. Uh, nothing else. I think there was a bass cover, but like, I mean, that's just a, it's a let's play. <laughs> yeah. Right. It's a play along is what I would call them, which is fun too. 
Um, but yeah, I mean, then it just sounds like let's try to keep up with Danny Weinkoff <laughs> and really like, you know, I just, I want to listen to Danny Weinkoff then, you know, the red pants man himself. Yeah. All right. I think, uh, we're to the point of scoring the song, I believe. All right. So what do you, what do you think? Uh, to a forest. Uh, um, I want to say seven, mm-hmm. uh, a, a nice solid 7.0. It's a good song. It's, uh, maybe a little forgettable relative to the rest of their catalog. Mm-hmm. Uh, like it's just an easy song to kind of let pass you by. Yeah. Um, but if you do delve into it, there's some really cool stuff in there. Uh, so I think seven is a good, you know, it's a, it's a C it's a, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I'm about on, on track with you there. Yeah. You're right. Like kind of everything we've been saying, it's like, you really have to try this. This song makes you try uh, a bit too hard to find out what's cool about it. Yeah. And I mean, with people's short attention spans, like you might not even make it to that guitar solo <laughs> and be like, well, let's go to the next song. Um, I mean, that guitar solo, that is what <laughs> like hooked me in with this one. Yeah, and absolutely. I do like, yeah, I do like the guitars get a little louder in the uh, last chorus there, but man, I could use a song. I could use the They Might Be Giant song where they do that pedal technique for the whole song. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's what I, I want. It's, it's a bummer that they never played this live because I could, I could imagine it would work really well. Um yeah, how cool it, would that it, be if uh, Flans and Miller played it in unison there through yeah. crazy pedals, right? Kind of like how it's panned one ear and the other ear on the on the record. That would be sick. Man. All right, so what am I giving this thing? I'm, I'm kind of on track with you there. I think hmm, I'm going to go 6.4 on this guy here. Yeah. It, it 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 makes you work a little too hard. I mean, not that there isn't <laughs> something to that, you know. It can't just be all surface fluff. Um, but yeah, it's you know, it kind of surprised me that it was at a track three when I realized that's where it was at. Yeah, because um, it doesn't seem like you know, it's not like that home run hitter that you'd put in the third <laughs> slot necessarily. Yeah, it's a well crafted song, but uh, it seems like. Even if, if they thought super highly of it, they'd probably play it live, right? <laughs> I mean, think? yeah. I don't know. Like, I love, I love you for psychological reasons. Okay, they've, <laughs> play, they've played that one. Like, you know, there's some where you're like, oh, yeah, that's like, you know, the hit of Foam Power or whatever. Um, but yeah, I don't know. There's not a whole lot on Foam Power, I think, that they've played. They played Daylight once. Yeah. But I mean, the song is rated fairly high for being a, a phone power track. Really, it's on, on yeah. The wiki, I noticed on the wiki. that it's two sixty nine. Yeah, yeah. So fans seem it to is. like it. I mean, I guess only thirty one people have rated it, but okay. There, well, it is a likable song if you put in the effort. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think that about sums it up. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, so why don't you tell the people about the rest of your bands? Or at least, you know, what, oh what, what do you want to tell them about? So one of the bands I play bass in called Automatic Iris will have uh, an EP out this summer. Uh, we set nice. a date for June 30th and a title of It's Supposed to be Fun. Cool, cool. Uh, that All is right. the only thing that is like set <laughs> that is okay. definitely going to happen. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Zealot is recording our second album currently. Mm-hmm. I'm hoping it'll come out this year. Uh, but, you know, I can't make any promises. <laughs> yeah. You never know with that kind of stuff. And, and, you know, especially once you tell your friend about, uh, you know, putting pedals right into the board. It might take exactly. the album in a yeah, whole we're new doing direction. The whole thing over again. <laughs> Start over. <laughs> run the snare drum through this ass master. <laughs> <laughs> Turn up the ass on that snare drum. Oh wait, need Lars. To hear more ass. <laughs> yeah, Lars Ulrich already. You know, he's already got the market cornered on ass sounding <laughs> snare drums. <laughs> okay. Cool. Um, yeah, and if you ever make it out this way on a tour, be sure to hit oh, me I'd up. I'd love to, yeah. Get to the Midwest, man. Yeah. That'd be fun. Cool. You want people to find you on Twitter or anything else? Uh, sure, yeah. Twitter, I am dynamic underscore Mike. Um, uh, I don't use, I'm using it less and less. Yeah. It it feels like it's becoming less and less functional. So, who knows what will happen with Twitter? Mm-hmm. Uh, similar Instagram. I'm uh, King Dot Imposter. Uh, if uh, if anyone is interested in keeping up with with my bands or any music that I put out, I will post about them. And that's kind of like the surest place to hear about anything I'm involved in. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Cool. All right, yeah, and uh, people know where to find This Might Be a Podcast. we got This Might Be a Pod on Twitter. Uh, this Might Be a Podcast with underscores between everything on Instagram. And uh, leave me voicemails at 224-801-2930. I want someone to call and just, like, leave a message of just, like, guitar noise. And I'll play <laughs> the show. Come on, where are my pedal people at? <laughs> Dial up your craziest tone and... Uh, play a little ditty on the voicemail there record it directly into the phone <laughs> directly into the phone yes and uh yeah you can email me at this might be pod at gmail and if you want to support the show uh, even more than just listening you can head over to patreon.com slash this might be a podcast and uh yeah michael thanks so much for being on man thanks for having me on greg this was hell, fun hell yeah I'm